What's up, guys? Welcome back to No Easy Buckets. Uh, Jacob and Blake here. Um, video version of the podcast, too, for those of you that are watching. Um, but we are in the fourth quarter of the Grizzlies' second scrimmage. Figured we'd uh, spin up a podcast and talk about some bubble news and everything. But uh, what's going on, man? What's up, man? What's up? Yeah, no, just trying to if – you, if you see me looking down, I'm trying to watch our game at the same time, too. So Multiple screens like a good, like a good scout. Yeah, trying to you know have have the computer up, the iPad, and the phone just all going at the same time. Just really overloading that Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I now put my phone underneath my the camera, so I should be. There you go. Yeah, I have a camera right above. It's it's weird get the the different angles, but um, but no, yeah, we're finishing up this Grizz. It's actually what well, they're playing the Rockets. I think we're it's about a seven point lead right now. So, mm-hmm. um, hopefully we'll have some good reactions if uh, a good ending here. Yeah, um, look look better than we did the the last game too. I I will say way our, better. Our uh, our transition D and just kind of like getting to the bucket has kind of been a little bit smoother this game, but you know. Yeah. Still working off the rust, still working off the rust. Yeah, I still think we're I need to look up like our shoot uh, percentage from 3, but people like I mean Kyle Anderson's hit a couple of shots, but like overall I feel like we've been like Dylan Brooks has been pretty cold from outside. Yeah. I know, like, right before half, we were shooting, like, 10 of, or 2 of 10 or 2 mm-hmm. of 11 from 3. So, like, pretty ice cold, if you ask me. Yeah. Like, I saw Grayson Allen airball 3. I saw that, too. Not a good look. <laughs> not a good look. No. Not, not doesn't bode well for PT when the, when the season starts back. No. But um, I think he will. I think he'll get a little bit of run. But, yeah. Um, but, no, the most important news probably, and we were chatting about this earlier, is – um. There's, it's a bit. It's a big topic, but kind of the most specific one is the Lou Will quarantine issue. Um, Lou Williams left quarantine for a family issue. I believe it was a, I think it was a grandfather or an uncle that passed away, and then um, was photographed at Magic City in Atlanta uh, by Jack Harlow. So props to him for screwing some stuff up already, young in his rap career. Um. And uh, now, the, of course, I, I think it was a little bit disrespectful to Lou Will how it was handled because everybody started plastering all over social media that Lou Will was at a strip club when he was out of quarantine and, you know, like that's a selfish decision and all this stuff. Not realizing that Lou Will has multiple times on camera said that Magic City is his favorite place to eat right. and also has its own uh, – he has his own menu item named after him. The what was it called? The the Lou Will lemon lemon pepper barbecue. Right. So wings and it's his favorite place to go. He goes all the time. I think he's been photographed with their wings in the locker room after certain mm-hmm. games. Yep. So like it's a very common thing for him to go there. He was picking up probably a to go order and was photographed and everybody kind of plastered plastered all over social media that the dude was in a strip club, which I think is kind of it's kind of I mean I guess you kind of bring it upon yourself like. You know, he, it's not like he wasn't there, but, you know, I feel like it was a little bit disingenuous to say, like, to make everybody think he was out just having a good time when his teammates were, you know, in a quarantine bubble. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think there's a little bit of a gray area, right? Like, do I think that he was getting wings to go? <laughs> yes. Do I think that he might have ventured over to the other side to potentially hang out with a few of his buddies? Maybe. Yeah, but I don't think that he was like actively trying to, you know. I don't believe he was partaking. 
right. in the normal festivities at Magic City. Like, I don't, I think he was legit there just picking up food and probably was like, there's a lot of famous people that go there. And like saying, like, you know, well, just saying hey to all, the, all of his, you know, his people, right? Like, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, like, That's you know, his hometown. Yeah. you got to, you got to do what you got to do. Right. Like, right. Exactly. And, and, and to his credit though, I know a lot of people were kind of like shaming him and jumping to the gun, but yeah. like there was a ton of people that came to his defense, like also saying yeah. magic city food was pretty up there. Yeah. So it definitely flipped back, but it's one of those things and it's, it happens with all different types of news stories is that you, as soon as the news breaks, you have 150 websites that already have a story open about breaking news that, Lou Wills at a strip club. And then within 30 minutes, you've had multiple people come into his defense and it all makes sense now. But those websites are still the ones that have, you know, 5,000 retweets and all this other stuff. So well, it's kind of like this narrative's like, already been set. Well, it's like the narrative's already set. Even if you update your story yeah. 30 minutes later, the headline doesn't change. No, no, they don't. They're not good about doing that. Places no. aren't good about doing that. So, um, but he, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, it, the word is now that he's going to be subjected to a 10-day quarantine once he gets back into the bubble, which is obviously going to, you know, affect him being ready for the first couple games of the, for the Clippers, I think. So I know he's going to definitely miss like one game. Yeah. Um, but that kind of raises the question on the way the NBA is handling this, like, you know, people leaving the bubble in general, because – We've had a couple of situations here where players have left or, or broken rules. So you want to make sure that there's consistency, right? And, yeah. you know, there's no ulterior motives here. Do, you know, do we think that the NBA is catering to Zion a little bit too much here in his first season? Yes. Yes. But I mean, it's not 100% about him. It's more of just like, you know, like we don't want this, this one, you know, rookie to change the league's rules, you know, before he's even played a full season. But – so, so basically, Zion was one of the first players to leave the bubble and uh, for a family emergency. He's already reported back. He's, he's going to be subjected to a four-day quarantine, which is he's going to be ready for the opener this just week on Thursday. The just, in time, just in time for the opener this week, um, primetime game. So that's covered. And, and it, is, it was in the NBA's coronavirus rules that if you – are tested every day and you're excused absence from the bubble, then, then you can be at a minimum of a four day. I think it's a minimum of a four day quarantine. So that, that lines up, but you also have the situation with Rashawn Holmes who grabbed some Postmate wings at the gate and, and had a 10 day quarantine that he had to do, which it's, it's a rule breaking instead of a excused absence. So maybe that's where the line's drawn. Uh, but then you have this Lou Will situation where I'm, I assume that Lou Will was test, has been tested every day that he was there. So if he, goes thing, and, yeah. if he goes and picks up wings at Magic City and that's all he did and he's tested negative every day, why does he have to go for 10 days? You know, what did, what did Zion Williamson do every day that he was on, you know, out of the bubble, right? Like, did he pick up food at any restaurant? You know, maybe you could argue that he should have been subjected, subjected to 10 days as well. So I guess here's my thing, and you and you brought up Rashawn Holmes. Yeah. Um, I think that that was like super early, like days into the bubble, to where the NBA was still trying to be like super super strict about it. So I I guess yeah. I get it. I you know at the end of the day I don't right because <laughs> yeah you're, you're picking yeah. you went to the Disney gate to get wings and you came back. Yeah. Or to get to get food. I don't know if it was wings, but like oh said, they said it was wings. Yeah. It yeah. Regardless of what it was like. Popular like, food item here. 
he, yeah. hey, we, we're, we're very pro wings here. Very pro. I, I will, I will be pro wing here. Um, but if you think about it, like, I get that, right. You, you yeah. know, a couple days in, you got to do what you do. Yeah. But, and, and I guess the more that I thought about it, it's all optics, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes. On one side, you have Zion left for a family emergency, just like Lou Will did, but Zion also not photographed at a, at a <laughs> yeah. wing slash strip club yeah. with a Miss Rapper, yeah. right? So yeah. I think, uh, I think it's all about optics here. And the NBA is basically mm-hmm. making a, they're making an example of Lou Will. And I guess, I, I don't necessarily like love the fact that it's Lou Will, right? <laughs> yeah, he's kind of everybody's favorite like guy. It's hard to, like, it's hard, a, to, it's a hard to fan favorite. It's hard to not like him, right? And and I mean, he, yeah, he's not. You know, Zion and him's profile are a little bit different. And yeah, you know, the Clippers. It's not gonna if 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 Lou Will misses the first game or two of the bubble, it's not gonna change the Clippers. Like, I don't even think that their seating situation is up for grabs. I'm pretty sure they're locked into number two as long as they don't completely just shit the bed yeah. in their all their eight games but yeah um i just think it's something to watch right because there's been several players that have left since zion like pat beverly who just reported back and they haven't released how many games he's going to sit out and there's been a few other i think there's a couple players for the kings that have gone out and there's some there's there's been a few instances of this and i just want to see that it's consistently handled right i just you know and it's a little bit of funny like tongue-in-cheek like we don't we you know we want to you know, we don't want them to hand Zion everything because it does seem like a lot of decisions have been made recently. The, the rules were rewritten that. about the four-game quarantine while he was on said <laughs> excused absence. Right, right. They And the thing that they wrote, and, and I went back and researched it, originally when they came out with the rules, it did say four days if it's if everything is cleared. But what they added was the potential for zero days. And that was the like change, which I guess they didn't end up doing for Zion, but maybe well, that's it doesn't make sense to do zero days, right? You know what I mean? It doesn't really well, make sense to do that, right? It doesn't. That seems like well, I don't know. That just seems like too reckless for me to well, like have like, zero quarantine days after leaving the area that's supposed to be like completely sterile. Well, like you, in, unless you create like a mini sterile environment and like usher him away in like a clean vehicle, right? Yeah. To where like maybe he's only going to like or, you know, a player's only going to somewhere in the immediate Orlando area, yeah. right? Maybe to get, like, medical attention. Right, like a doctor's, yeah. Right, like to where you can control it, mostly control it, right? But if, like, right. like all of these players don't live in Orlando, like, minus the magic, right? Like, so, like, none of the teams in the bubble are there. No. Like, live there. So, like, all of their families and any, like, you know, emerge, like, Lua was in Atlanta. I assume Zion went back to, you know, South Carolina. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and it never even came out where he went. Like, they did a good job of – I mean, of course, it's private details, right? You don't want to get into their private life. Well, the, yeah, the, the, well, and I don't think any of the NBA reporters – too. like, I, you, you didn't hear anything about Lou Will until he was photographed with Jack Harlow, right? So, like, yeah. I, think, I think the NBA media is doing a lot of they're, – they're, you know, keeping it to where it's, you know, a little bit on the download because, you know, they want to be in the bubble just as much as the players do, right? That's like, a good they point. Want basketball. <laughs> Yeah, like it, it, most of the prominent people are already there anyway, so maybe yeah. their sources are limited. But, but yeah, you don't like. I think there is a a, a part of the media that pro, that doesn't necessarily want to. It's like, look, this is our livelihood. We don't want to post a story about something 100%. or gaslight something that could end up shutting the bubble down. 
Like that would, that, that's not in anybody's best interest. Like, like Woj and Woj and Shams aren't, aren't like saying, yeah. you know, obviously the Lou Will story picked up because, you know, yeah. they have a, you know, a chance to, to not talk about it at that point. But yeah, I mean, you didn't, yeah, it's kind of like you said, you didn't hear where Zion was going. Um, you know, even when, even when like Russell Westbrook and James Harden were like outside of the bubble after Russ tested positive, mm-hmm. you didn't know what they were doing. Honestly, you didn't know like they were out until there was a few stories. Yeah, here it, yeah it was like they hadn't reported, but they wouldn't say that it was because of coronavirus. It was just like you had to pretty yeah. much kind of you know, put those pieces together yourself. Yeah. Um, but, and there's a few, they haven't confirmed, like, I think there's several Nuggets players that still aren't there that it's clearly because of coronavirus. And I think Harrison Barnes as well is still not there. Um, Pat Connaughton, I think, is another yeah. guy. So it's, it's several situations. And I think at the at the end of the day, like, I want all these teams to be healthy going to the playoffs, and I want all their guys to be there. Like, hopefully there's not a lot of situations or family emergencies during the playoffs where you have a team that, you know, a player, you know, has to leave and is subjected to quarantine. Because you don't want – as much as I want, you know – as much as I would want things to work out for, like, let's say the Grizzlies to make the playoffs, I also don't want the season to be looked at as an asterisk, have, having an asterisk beside it. Like, I want it to be looked at as a legitimate title, especially if a team like, you know, a player like Giannis wins, right? Like, I don't want that his first title to be like, oh, that doesn't count. And if LeBron wins, you know, I think that should go down in the record books as another title, you know, as his chase for Jordan. So, like, I don't want this season to be viewed as illegitimate. Well, and, and a lot of players – a lot of the players I know, like current players, current coaches, et cetera, they, they do say that it has an asterisk on it, but in, in the complete opposite way, right? Like never, never before has like these sets of circumstances happen yeah. to where one, you're in, a, you're in a single environment for months on end, can't really see your family, everything's in a controlled environment, you're not playing in front of fans, like everything is more or less like your day is set for you already for three months mm-hmm. and you're kind of outside of your comfort zone anyway. So yeah. I think that this season will be looked at a little bit differently, but in a good way, I think. Yeah. At, the, at the end of it, in a good way. Depending right. on if LeBron wins. If LeBron wins, <laughs> yeah. that, if some, there will be. Skip Bayless or somebody will like any, have a problem. Any other team can win, and mm-hmm. it, would be, it would be everything is, you know, you know, they had to go through all of these hardships, et cetera. If LeBron wins, it's – Right. Everybody's in the, the thing is, is like everybody is under the same circumstances. So That's at the end saying. of the day, it's like, and also like 20 years, nobody will probably remember that, you know, this was the, or when they're looking back at basketball reference, you're not going to have like something there that says, Oh, coronavirus or bubble season beside their title. You know, if you're looking at, ends. yeah, <laughs> do I? Unless the world ends, you never know. Unless the world ends. Unless this is the last season we ever get, which yeah. Not gonna then, then, yeah I guess nobody will be season. looking at NBA stats, but you yeah. know, bigger things to concern about, but, but that's kind of been like a storyline. There hasn't been a lot of like news, uh, I guess it's been mostly just like kind of manufactured stories or just like, I guess, you know, the, when they announced that the NBA awards, which we're going to be going through that here in a few minutes, um, are kind of just predictions for that, but there hasn't been much conversation. Uh, people have been trying to keep, stay away from coronavirus, which I, you know, props to them for, trying to move the discussion into actual basketball stuff. Um, but I have, I mean, I've watched, I've watched scrimmages every day. I haven't watched, I've watched all the Grizzly scrimmages, but I haven't watched, you know, every single one, but it's been, I mean, it's been pretty good. Uh, stars are playing. You're seeing it, the games have gone pretty well. Like I haven't, it hasn't looked like a bad product. Like 
like like watching a baseball game going right now without any fans has been a little weird, honestly, because the stadium is so large and it's outdoors and it's completely empty. Um, But honestly, watching the basketball, like I haven't noticed – it hasn't stuck out to me that there's nobody there or that it's a weird environment. Like nothing like too crazy. Well, the cool part about it though, I think is like, there are no stands, right? It's all like video boards, which I think is pretty cool, right? Like you can maximize, you know, the space that you do have, I guess in talking about that and kind of shifting gears a little bit, everything like the, the seats are set up in like a soccer style. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you know, like their, their area, I don't want to call it a bench because it's, you know, not a bench. It's like four benches. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that's pretty cool. That's a good also, comparison. It is kind of like soccer. Like those it is. Soccer teams. Right. Well, and coaches, like, I think we should also like, and I think Kevin Durant also tweeted this too, but like the khakis and the polos. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like that, like, why, why do like, why are suits necessary? I totally agree. I think the NFL is the, is the league that you should model the dress code after when you have Bill Belichick wearing like a hoodie and sweatpants, a cutoff hoodie, a cutoff hoodie and sweatpants. Like he can do whatever he wants. Like it, honestly, people, it's a bigger deal when a coach wears like a dress, like dress, you know, a, kind of a professional dress. Like even like, like the sweater vest. Right. Like, cause there was a coach, the guy who used to coach the 49ers for a minute. Uh, I think it was Mike Nolan or something like that. He used to wear, I think a couple of games he wore a tie and that was like oh. his thing. And people, like, made fun of him. But every other, you know, like most, you know, college sports and things like that, usually you have players, you know, coaches wearing ties. I think the polo is the way to go. Or, that- honestly, I'd be cool if they just wore, like, gym clothes. Track no, suits. Uh, I, I feel like, no. <laughs> no. It has to be team track suits or polo and khakis. But I feel like polo and mm-hmm. khakis for sure. What about polo and joggers? No. I feel like you have to make it a little bit, Yeah. I don't know. What if you just let them dress like the players do when they come to games, like whatever they want? You got to be no, I, feel, I feel like you have to differentiate it a little bit. I guess. I guess. At least they're not like uh, baseball and they have to wear the same uniform. Yeah. That'd be interesting. If the, coach, if the coaches had jerseys on. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, but, but regardless. 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 It's been, yeah, I think the video boards, they're going to pipe in fan, uh, fan cams too when the when the season's game starts so oh, that'll be interesting to see kind of how the home court advantage is created which is what they're going to well, be looking for well i know that and, and i heard them talking about um like the home court advantage like if it's your if like like the grizzlies tonight right yeah. i don't know if they're doing it right now but like when the seeding games start and the playoffs start um like your your video guys your in-game arena guys are mm-hmm. are going to be running the show like they're gonna play your your stuff. It might not be their in-game arena people, but like it'll be your in-game sounds, like your in-game, um, yeah. uh, you know, video stuff that's actually being like played, replays right? like, and stuff like that. Yeah, like their replays and 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 all that stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how like, how that's actually done, because I guess yeah. rethinking about it, I don't actually think the video guys are gonna be going in. Well, they may send over like approved stuff from each team, like. Exactly. Like, you know, I think the, like the Hawks, well, I mean, they're not in it, but the Hawks like play like organ music and stuff when there's, cause they have like an in-house organ play, organ, organist, or I don't know what you would call it, but organist, uh, organist who organist. knows? Um, but, um, but yeah, like something like that, like something unique to like, cause some arenas do have their own unique uh, audio experiences. So, um, but yeah, I think it'll be, that'll be somewhat of a little bit of a home court advantage. Cause otherwise 
like that's another wrinkle that's interesting is that there's really not an advantage to being one seed or the other. Like outside of a matchup, it really doesn't matter like where you finish right now. It's all matchup. It's, it's all, all matchup. Match so yeah, every so, game's gonna be in the same spot. <laughs> got to do what you got to do. I'm watching the Grizz right now. We're we're down by three. Yeah, we've we've kind of given up. So the Rockets have gotten hot from three. I think you're a few seconds ahead of me. Which is I think I might be. I'm, I'm watching it on my phone. Oh, yeah, probably so. I'm on uh, my league pass thing. Oh, there we go. I'm going to fast forward it a minute. Yeah, we're down by three. Are you wait? Um, you, oh, yeah, you have league pass. Okay, cool. cool well, yeah. I did the abbreviated version for everybody out there. It's like 40 bucks, I think, for no commercials. Oh, I, was, I actually saw that. I actually saw that where it's all games. Yeah, it's all games. So it's been, I tried to get it through Comcast, but they, of course, didn't have their stuff together. And so I just had to buy it through the, the website. But you can get the app on your phone, it's super easy. Yeah, I might have to. I might have to look into that. Yeah, you should. Um, but uh, there has to, I've, go ahead. I feel like all the playoff games are going to be on like major channels. They will. They will. I mean, yeah. you'll have some games that are on NBA TV, uh, but everything's going to be nationally televised. You can yeah. still watch through NBA League Pass for the regional stuff. Like I can watch because I don't have Fox Sports out here for the Grizzlies local stuff, but I can watch that feed on the pass. So that's probably, that's what I'll use it for. And just, it's Definitely. like a one-stop place for like going through all the games and it has replays and like, like little chopped up clips of like the top plays and stuff. So right, right. it's and it'll, it'll be worth it for the first eight games of the season or the eight games before the playoffs. So, right. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, there hasn't been a lot of news. I mean, injury, injury wise outside of coronavirus, I think the only uh, obviously justice Winslow, it was knocked out, um, but of course mm-hmm. we didn't get to see him any this season anyway, so it's not a huge change. And then, um, am I missing anybody as far as like major injuries to teams? I don't think. I don't think uh, anybody's lost anybody yet. Sabonis. Sabonis, uh, yeah. Yeah, he he uh, he just got um, called his out. Plantar fasciitis, I think. I think it's something with yeah. Is it is it plantar? I, think it was, I yeah. heard somebody say that, like Zach Lowe, maybe say that. Yeah, so so that's a big blow to them. They were actually like playing pretty well. Yeah, because Oladipo was considering like playing, which that's a weird situation. I don't know if you want to get into yeah. that right now, but the whole Oladipo thing is weird. I was thinking about it today. It's a weird like hit the way he. I don't. know. Do you want to talk about it, or do you want me to like kind of set what? up the story? Set up the story. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Because. So Oladipo had the devastating like leg injury last year, comes back this year, kind of midway through, uh, was obviously ramping back up, going to be ready for the postseason, and uh, you know, but was was playing like regular minutes. Like he wasn't, he may have been on a slight minutes restriction, but he wasn't like you know missing every other game. Like he was playing decent uh, when the before the season was postponed, and so he comes back and he reports that he's not going to play in the bubble because he's just like, he's listening to his body and wanting to make sure that he's totally healthy. And it's just a weird situation. I mean, he had three months off. Plus he was already rehabbing and already playing in NBA games when he was in March. And then, so that kind of struck me as weird. Then he like made the trip with the team anyway and said, you know, that basically they kind of talked him into it once he got there and you're only doing basketball. They talked him into like at least playing in the preseason games and, 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 and seeing how he felt. And so I, th- I think he was leaning towards coming back. And then now that Sabonis is hurt, you know, he's kind of back to saying, I'm just evaluating my body every day. You know, we'll, we'll just see how it goes from here. And I'm pretty positive that he's going to end up not playing. Oh, yeah. I think that's I think, the vibe I get. 
Well, I think he said that he wasn't playing. I think he came out and said that he wasn't playing. Yeah, or, back, yeah, he may have he may have reconfirmed it. It's just it's just weird to me that like he misses the postseason last year with the team, and then you know this year. I mean, props to taking care of your body. Like, I don't want another Derrick Rose situation where you come back too early and you don't trust yourself. But it's just weird to me that he would – he's basically treating this season like it doesn't count. And, 100%. you know, I, maybe from like a you know a Pacers fan perspective, I'd be a little upset if he didn't play in the postseason. No. You know? And it's just a weird situation to me that he's kind of like going back. Like, you're in your like third year with the team at this point, and it's like, you know, at what point are you going to come deliver for the fans? I feel like I feel like he's kind of doing what Kevin Durant's doing, right? Obviously, Kevin Durant's injury was, yeah. you know, with him being as big as he is, et cetera, you know, it's a little bit of a touchy situation. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like he wanted to come back in terms of playing in the bubble. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of his advisors, like on his side, not on the Pacer side, on his, like in his camp, they're telling him not to. Because, like, at the end of it, he uh, – and you mentioned it, right? We've seen too many players like come back pretty early. But you know, I think at the end of it, you know, he's just saying, you know, I don't want to play this year, basically, but I'm going to join you. Yeah, he's he's trying to be one. He's trying to be kind of like part of the crew, but say like I don't know. To me, it, I mean, obviously, as long as it's okay with the team, there's nothing to worry about. But kind of comes off from the outside a little bit as like you guys aren't good enough to do anything this year, even with me playing. So I'm not going to risk possibly getting hurt to like go out there and not win. It's like, dude, you're in the playoffs. Like it's one thing if you were the ninth seed and you did this, like Davis Bertans, right? He's a free agent and he's, you know, played really well this season. He's sitting out of the bubble because the wizards aren't any good. Bill's not playing. They're already in the ninth seed. They weren't going to probably make the playoffs anyway. But, but, like, the Pacers are, like, I think they're the fifth or sixth seed right now. So, to me, there's just a little bit of a, like, I don't know. I, I think you should play. If you're if you're healthy, I think you should play uh, in think, that situation. Uh, so, but, well, I think Sabonis getting hurt, too, kind of sealed it for him. Yeah, but that to me, that shouldn't be the reason why you sit out. Like, if this was a regular NBA season and Sabonis got hurt the week before the playoffs started, would Victor Oladipo be sitting out? You know? No. If he did, I think it would be a lot of criticism. But – like it's a weird situation. I don't want to. I'm not necessarily criticizing him. I just think it's like a nobody's really. Maybe if he actually sits out and he doesn't play in the postseason, then it'll be talked about a little bit. But it would just, it, you know, if I was a Pacers fan, it would probably it would annoy me a little bit of the situation. So yeah, but we can I, we can go ahead and zoom through that if you want. <laughs> no, let's do this. Let's do uh, let's do rapid fire end of the season awards. Yeah. Sounds good. I'll I'll start with you. We want to. Uh, well, actually, you pick the first award that we're going to talk about. All right. Let's 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 just get it out of the way. Well, no, let's not get it out of the way. And by the way, let's not do all NBA teams right now, just because that's a lot to. Oh no, definitely not all NBA. Just teams. To, just do the awards. So we're going to do what? Sixth man, most improved player, rookie of the year, um, coach of the MVP year, and coach of the year. Yeah, and you just said six man. I think yeah, six man. Let's all right. Well, let's actually talk about six man. Let's let's just straight up go off the bat. Yeah. So. You go first. Six men, you go first. So uh dove into the research on this one, <laughs> which means reading everybody else's articles about it. Um, <laughs> since uh not the most, you know, I'm not I can't dive into all the analytics, but um, but I think your top guys this season are uh obviously Lou Will, like every like it is every season, uh Montrez Harrell on his team. Uh both of those guys are they're averaging like 18 points a game off the bench, like those are pretty wow. crazy numbers. 
and, and then also Dennis Schroeder. Um, my pick is uh, is Schroeder actually because he really? I think is 19 points a game for the Thunder has been really solid for them. Probably maybe overall through and through his best season of his career. And uh, that, that's a really that, that team has played really good. He's kind of, he's done really good coming off the bench for them. So yeah, um, I, I like I also had Schroeder as being pretty high, but yeah. um, I guess just talking not without getting into too much of it. Mine was Montrezl Harrell, just because just because I think that like when he doesn't start, but he plays starter minutes, yeah. right? And he's he's averaging eighteen, um, you know, coming off the bench like you said, and also like him and Lou Will both averaging eighteen coming off the bench. I don't think that's ever happened ever in the NBA. That would be crazy if it did. Yeah. That's gotta um, be one of those. Uh, but I, I just think stuff. that he, like with, with him on the court, I just think that it's, it's uh it's a lot. He, he has just made them a, a completely better team. Yeah. And, and with, uh, I actually had Harold second. Uh, if you, if you ranked the top three guys that I mentioned, um, not that it really matters after the first place, but, um, I think Harold, he – and I was reading some some other people's take on it too. You know, he's affected – like he's been in more of the closing lineups for the Clippers this year, and he exactly. – their weakness is down low. So, yeah. honestly, he's more vital to them, and he's probably going to be on the court more in clutch moments than yeah. Lou was even this year. They're both not great defensively, but, uh, but you know, being the he, – he has proven that he can, you know, rebound a little bit to stay on the court and – you know, not, you know, their, their perimeter defense is good enough to where they don't need, you know, Rudy Gobert down low or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, so he's, 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 he's passable uh, for post defense for him. Um, so, yeah, I don't have a problem. Honestly, any three of those guys, honestly, I think either any of them can win. I just think Schroeder, you know, at this point in his career, I think having a season like this is, is pretty cool. Don't don't sleep on your boy Dante DiVincenzo though. <laughs> he he may be coming for this award in coming years. Yeah. Um, by the way, how did the we just lost by sixteen? I know I saw that. Yeah. What did I, we not make a shot in the final five minutes? No, we did not. God, it doesn't matter. I was all scrubs anyway, but that's <laughs> super annoying. I just looked up and saw that. I'll have to look at the box score how that happened. But all right, um, so yeah. We're yeah, going rapid to fire. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get you to give me your next one for. Um, uh, let's do most improved player. I was just about to say this, um, and, and it's not. It's not a popular pick, but um, it, given given his age and given like him switching teams mm-hmm. and having an, an additional head coach, yada yada. Um, I have to go with Brandon Ingram, man. He is. Yeah. He's playing out of his mind, like. To, to to kind of go through what he is, and I say go through what he's been through, but like with like the numerous head coaches and then getting sent to New Orleans and what was considered a, you know, we don't want you, we want Anthony Davis piece. And he's actually playing well, like like a lot better in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I think, I can't remember like what his, like his stat line is right now. Yeah, I can but, pull it up. It's uh Yeah, what is his stat line? Because actually – he was my uh, he was my selection for the award too. So he's he's averaging. Um, it's like mid twenties, right? Yeah, he's twenty four point three points a game, uh, six rebounds, four assists. Uh, you know, a steal a game. Like it's he's up uh, he's up six full six points from uh, from his from last year with the Lakers. He averaged uh, eighteen point three. So yeah. he's had a really really good season. Yeah. So like if you're, if you're, you know, without like getting into all of the whatever, mm-hmm. I think he was also shooting like a 60% like true shooting percentage, which is insane. Yeah, no, that's, that's pretty high. He, his three point percentage went up to, I think it's third, like 39% this year. 
which is yeah. like, yeah, that, that right there is the biggest difference. He was filling it up at the beginning of the year. Well, and if you also think about it too, like even though like Zion only played 19 games, um, he was like getting massively overlooked mm-hmm. like as a, you know, second or third option, depending on where you loop in Lonzo ball and that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he's and that's the thing too. I wonder going forward, cause he's going to get a contract this year. Um, he's going to be a restricted free agent. So he's going to be up. They're probably going to give him close to a max for whatever it will be in the off season. But you know, is he going to be that important of an offensive piece with Zion going forward? There is going to be interesting. Like, is he going to be, is he going to get paid like Ben Simmons is getting paid, which, cause they're in the same draft year. Is he going to get paid like that? And then all of a sudden, um, you know, he's scoring 15 points a game because Zion and uh, somebody else is, is filling it up. So th- that'll be interesting to see if that contract, how it looks going forward, but he definitely deserves the award this year. Um, I had, um, just for, for context, I had uh, Bam Adebayo second, just because I really think he had an awesome season. So I wanted to put I him. Luke, I had Luca third. Luca third. Yes, that was a weird one too. It's like with most improved player, it's weird. To me, I feel weird having like a second-year player there. Um, and I was reading Zach Lowe had the same opinion. He was like, it's weird with uh, – because it's like Trey Young could be considered in most improved too. It's just – it's just sometimes it's hard to understand – like kind of peg how you want to evaluate that award. If like you want somebody that's in their second year because you should be improving, or if you want someone that's like three and beyond, that's kind of kind of bucking the trend of what they've been for those first two seasons. Right. But I don't, I don't think you can go wrong with anybody. I mean, Luca, crew. Luca, and, and you can say that he's been a professional for what is it? Seven or eight yeah. years at this point. Yeah. Um, to, to average like a triple double almost. Mm-hmm you know, being in a second year in the league. And, he, and he's basically saying, like, the NBA is easier than playing in the Euro Leagues. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I just think that that's – he's yeah. he's insane. He's or, averaging 28 – he's averaging 28, 9, and 8. Basically, 28, 9, and 9 because he's got 8.7 assists. Like, that's insane. Basically a triple-double. Basically a triple-double, yeah. We'll, we'll hear, we, we will hear from him later in, my, in my picks. Oh. Oh. Um, but oh, uh, okay. yeah, a little teaser. So Rapid yeah, so we, we both All had right, we, we both had uh, most improved player. So you you pick the next one. Okay, let's go to defensive player of the year. You got defensive it. player of the year. Yeah, this one's hard because I don't. I'm not like a, not a I'm pro not a, at evaluating defense. Uh, I was going to say just, I'm not a basketball junkie. I'm, yeah. I'm not a defensive mastermind. I kind of go on with the consensus here that it's Giannis this year, just because he's uh, the numbers prove him to be the top. Uh, I had Gobert second. You know, he's pretty consistent there. Um, it's weird when you evaluate like big guy versus perimeter guy, but Giannis kind of does both of them. And you know, they have I think one of the top uh, two or three defenses in the league as a team for Milwaukee. So um, I went Giannis. Uh, it's pretty much just kind of a chalk thing there. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Kawhi didn't have a full season. You know, he's a guy that would always be up there for that. And there's not really any other perimeter guys that I thought had like um, an out, something out, like a, something that stood out to me that would take it away from somebody like Giannis. I mean, you could say like talking about perimeter guys and, and, and you can loop him in as a perimeter guy if you want to, but like Ben Simmons has, has been yeah. well on defense this year. But yeah, no, I, I, had, I had Giannis too. Like at the end of the day, I think that if you wanted him to guard all five positions, he could. <laughs> he maybe could, yeah. maybe not effectively in terms of like guarding point guards, but I think that mm-hmm. if you needed it, you could. Yeah. 
no and and that's uh it's one of those awards that like with a with a body type like the way they use him like he's he's gonna fill up the stat line with steals and blocks yeah um so so we both had Giannis there um what did let's, what did you do for coach of the year yeah I was gonna say let's quickly go through coach of the year and and mine mine is I don't know if it's gonna be a popular opinion but um uh Nick Nurse for me yeah Ma- mainly and this is the only reason mainly because like Pascal has, has continued mm-hmm. to approve, um, you know, when you lose Kawhi and like basically like a top five player in the NBA mm-hmm. and, and you're still, you know, top what, three or four. I think they're in number the, two seed. Yeah. Yeah. They're the two seed in the East right now. And they, and they went on a hell of a run earlier in the season. Um, yeah. I think, they had a crazy winning streak. Uh, I can't remember exactly what game. I think it was like 10 plus games though. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like, it speaks volume uh, volumes about not only him, but like the culture that he has like instilled within them. It also speaks volumes about Cal Lowry too, I think. Oh yeah. I mean, they've been, that's been one of the most injured teams this year too. Yeah. Like it's uh, they've not been healthy. I mean, Marcus Hall's played in and out. They've had a bunch of different starting lineups. Uh, yeah. I mean, and obviously they lost the, an MVP candidate last year and they didn't really replace him. You know, it's like not, you don't, you can't replace that guy. Siakam has had a really good season. Yeah. But I think, I think Nick Nurse, he was in my, because I did three um, top three guys. And uh, I gave the award, though, to Billy Donovan uh, with the Thunder. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's, Donovan. Okay, here's, my, here's my three. Here's my three. Uh, it was Nick Nurse. Um, I put Vogel as two, just because, yeah. like, well, the Lakers, See when that? you go from, and, and adding Anthony Davis is obviously a huge piece of it. But when you go from, not making the playoffs mm-hmm. to being the number one seed. Yeah. Like the next year, like obviously like you have a top five player ish in the league. Um, yeah. But you know, I don't know. I had him second and then um, shout out to the Grizz, Taylor Jenkins. Um, yeah. no, one thought, no one thought that they would be number eight and, you know, just kind of the system that he is in the process. I, w- I won't say like has built there, but in the process of building. Yeah. Um, I think that, it's going to be long lasting. I hope at least. So maybe a little bit of home court bias there. No, I had, I think, well, I guess it could be considered home court if we both have him, but, um, but no, I think he's legitimately considered there. Um, it, Coach of the year is always a weird one. I always, I'm always interested to see how they actually vote because it's weird. Some years you'll get like a Greg Popovich or somebody that wins the award or in some, but some years you'll get somebody out of the ordinary, right? Like, like uh, Mike Malone won a couple years ago out of nowhere. Nobody saw that come in. And, you know, we've, there's been several instances where somebody has won coach of the year and then been fired. Uh, that's happened a lot of times. Uh, happened with Dwayne Casey right before they hired Nick Nurse. I was about to say, so, happened with a rapper. Yeah. So it's always a weird award. Like, I always look at the um, – I don't think there's a wrong way to vote on it because there's a lot of good coaches. But I always look at the award from a standpoint of, like, you kind of – against expectations of you being a bad team or a kind of below average team, you really outshine that, which would fit the bill for, you know, Billy Donovan with the thunder who everybody thought was going to suck really bad this year. And now they're the, um, I believe they're the five seed, which is crazy. Um, yeah. They're, they're the fifth seed right now, which they're really, you good. Know, they're tied with like a couple teams there, but that's pretty incredible uh, given the roster and all the changes. And then, you know, Chris Paul, who people thought wasn't really going to be a huge contributor there, but you know, he's kind of led that team. Um, so that that's kind of how I look at it, because I think you could have Budenholzer up here. You could have Vogel up here. You could have, um, any, you know, a lot of guys like that. You could have Doc Rivers with the Clippers. Mm-hmm. They, they've been injured all season. They're still number two. 
Um, so I, but I, I, I shade more towards kind of outshining expectations. So I did, um, I had Billy Donovan number one and then I had, uh, Taylor Jenkins number two for that reason, just because of the Grizzlies were also expected to be at the bottom. And, uh, you know, if they make the playoffs, I think that's, you know, even more of a evidence of him being up there. And then I had Nick nurse three, just because of losing Kawhi. Um, but you could throw in Budenholzer or Vogel in there and have no problem. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Now to the juicy awards. Yeah. Let's just get MVP. out of the way. Rookie of the year. Let's, let's just do rookie. Oh yeah. Rookie of the year. I forgot. We all, I was thinking we're going MVP. Uh, so I have Ja revealed. I know everybody probably shocked. The, the, um, the suspense was killing me. The suspense was killing me. Uh, yeah. Ja, he should be, he should get a hundred percent of the vote. He's rookie of the year. Um, we talked about this before we started recording, but, um, Zion is is amazing and he's going to have a great career. He probably will, you know, be all NBA next year if he has a full season like he had in 19 games this year. Um but uh at the games played mark, the way they're judging it, you can't have him I didn't even have him in my top 3 because you just can't like if 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 you're going to have him in there at all, it probably should win. Um uh, so uh had John number 1 um and then I had Brandon Clark number 2 for the Grizzlies. He had a really <laughs> efficient season, a really efficient season and uh, he, uh, I think, you know, a lot of his numbers are more of the advanced numbers that even outshine his like points per game and rebounds per game numbers. Uh, but he's going to be, he's a, he's a really key player. He, he may even get some buzz for six man of the year, like a few votes down there in the fifth place range or whatever. But, mm-hmm. um, and I had Kendrick Nunn number three. Um, and, uh, just because he started the ball, you know, almost all the games for at point guard for the heat this year and averaged over 16 points a game. So, I think he had a really good season too that a lot of people didn't see coming. No, I completely agree. Uh, mine was all, almost the exact same thing. Um, I had Ja and Brandon Clark, um, but I have I had Terrence Davis as Ooh. my three. Yeah, mainly mainly me, and, I, and I'll talk about Ja first, right? Like he obviously like high flying, you know, elite athleticism, right? Like mm-hmm. comps to Russell Westbrook, however good or bad those might be. Um, right. But no, and I, and I actually had it here where I, um, wrote down some stuff about Brandon Clark because I feel like you really have to justify this one, right? Like he led all rookies in value over replacement player, um, plus minus win shares, win shares per 48. Mm -hmm. And, um, like there were a few where he was behind Zion and you can kind of take those with a grain of salt, like his player efficiency rating. Mm -hmm. He was second just behind Zion and Zion only played what 19 games so right so in the scenario of him not even being included in it then he would be the kind of the you know yeah leader in that so, too no and and I think that obviously like they're saying that you know Brandon Clark might not have as much upside as you know how he's playing right now because he's not a true five and he doesn't have the skill set to be a what is now considered an NBA four mm-hmm. um but I just think that he fits perfect with John Jaron right so mm-hmm. He's, he's just kind of getting a lot of that. But do I, I did have Terrence Davis as my, my number three just because, like, going from undrafted, and I know he's averaging, like, what, less than 10 points a game or something, but kind of the way he impacts a game, um, I think, you know, getting plugged into a, a system to where, you know, Kawhi wasn't there. And you might be – yeah, if you're looking at the numbers, we'll see what, where he's at. But, like, being kind of leaned on as a – uh, an impact player on the, on the Raptors. I think mm-hmm. that he was, uh, 
he's my three. But Kendrick Nunn, obviously, like he's averaging like over 20 and yada, yada. He's also like 25, but whatever. Yeah, no, I think uh, Terrence Davis, like that's a – I considered him, and, and Zach Lowe mentioned him too in his piece. He – he he for for the you know for a team that's in the two seed what he's done coming off the bench and like being kind of consistent for them with all their injuries has been amazing he's shot really good from three you know I was just looking at the advanced stats for the um uh for the rookies right now and I kind of sorted it by like players that have played more than 30 games and that play more than 15 minutes a game and he has the highest offensive rating out of that um and and then all these guys are in the top like Ja Brandon Clark like Brandon Clark's in the top uh, I want to say seven in offensive and defensive rating. He's the only kind of guy. Well, Terrence and, and Terrence Davis is as well. He just Brandon Clark has played more minutes than him, uh, but um, but that's really the only difference. I mean, those guys. I think they're all. All those guys are going to be on the first team, all rookie. So easily, yeah, yeah. But that's that's my theory. That's my theory. What about you? I know that's that you said none. You said you had. Yeah, two. I had the same two. I just had none where you had um. Yeah, Terrence Davis. So I think you could interchange any of those guys. But I think uh, it's great to have two Grizzlies even considered there as a, as a Grizzlies fan. So I think uh, you know Jaren also being considered last last time around. Right. Exactly. So you know it's good to have those guys on rookie contracts. Um, but then uh, the the final award is going to be MVP. So this is I'll where I think you, you and I we're gonna we're gonna differ here. So you go right ahead with your uh, with your MVP choice. You can go ahead and do your top three if you want. So. Uh, okay, top three. We'll see. Okay, so I I, don't, I didn't do two. I didn't do three. I did two. And let me try to think do two. Yeah, that's fine. So so obviously you have Giannis and and LeBron as kind of the going back and forth, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of people are going to say Giannis should get this, but <laughs> but but when you're when you're thirty three plus years old, you played as many minutes as LeBron has had. Yeah. You you're you're in your 17th year in the league. You're on your third team, third separate team in the league. And not only have you taken them to a number 1 seed, mm-hmm. right? Um yeah. you are leading the league in assists for the first time in your career. Year 17. Yeah. Right? It doesn't and happen often. It doesn't happen often. And you're and you're averaging what is it twenty five eight and eight or twenty five seven and seven like he's been doing right like mm-hmm. he he's 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 played so many seasons and his his numbers continue his points continue to like fall off a little bit just because he has um, you know good people playing with him right like Anthony Davis yeah. is playing with you you're not gonna get all the all the buckets but um, to lead and this is what sold it for me to lead the league in assists yeah at ten point six in your 17th year and to continue playing at this high of a level, right? That for me is kind of what set him apart. And Giannis, obviously like Giannis won it last year. Giannis is awesome. Like Giannis is the future of NBA, but like, Mm -hmm. I I think you have to give credit where credit is due. Right. And to say that LeBron isn't number one, in my opinion, is, is hard to do. No, I think you're totally, it's totally legitimate. LeBron, LeBron winning the award is totally legitimate. And, you know, with him and, um, with him and Giannis, I mean, yeah. I mean, with LeBron, you do have to buy into the story a little bit more, um, which is kind of, you know, the being, you know, being his age, being his 17th year in the league um, and all of that, uh, which I think 
it's we're it's totally a lot of people criticize the whole story argument with uh with the MVP award. They're like, no, it should be based off that. But every sport does it. Every sport, you're never, you know, maybe not baseball because Mike, Mike Trout wins usually, and he definitely doesn't have a story. He's just the best statistical player. But usually with the NBA or the NFL, there's always some type of narrative along with the MVP. Because um, like you said, LeBron James would have, you know, eight, nine, yeah. ten of these things if it was just that every year. So I think it's, you know, to say that not voting for Giannis and voting for LeBron is just based off a storyline. Like, okay, well, that's kind of what the part of the MVP conversation is. Um, it's, it's, it's how the team is played. It's, it's all these extenuating circumstances with when it comes to like, you know, supporting cast and whatnot. Um, and, you know, age and, and the way, the, you know, the, the role you play for the team. But um, so I think LeBron or Giannis, I, I, I voted for Giannis as number one. That's who had as my number one, but I had LeBron number two. Like, I think that was – I think they're one and two. They're going to be one and two. I think it'll be interesting to see how everybody else votes. It's going to um, be interesting. It's because yeah. it's like 1A and 1B, right? Like, I mean – I think the with the way everything was going, if the season hadn't been postponed and the Lakers continued to win you know, and separate themselves, I think there could have been a situation where LeBron uh, got the got the nod from the voters. But I, uh, I had Luca number three, which uh, <laughs> we could talk – we've talked about Giannis. I mean, he deserves the award. You could easily say him or LeBron deserves it, but you know he's just picked up where he left off this past year, and um, just continued to improve at everything. And that team is improving even. Um, and obviously, when you take him off that team, you know they don't have a player. The second best player is not as good as, as an Anthony Davis even. So, uh, so I think he is very valuable. But Luca, I think, deserves to be in that top three just for what he's done this year. Uh, the Mavs are, you know, they're firmly in the playoffs. They're looking firmly at, in that seventh seed. Yeah, like, and then they're kind of bouncing back and forth. And if they have a hot couple games here to start the bubble off, they could move up to I think maybe even the fifth or the sixth seed. So um, they could they could find themselves, you know, looking at a second round playoff series if they play their cards right. So they're they're also a team that I don't think you want to play uh, in the playoffs oh, no. um, because of Luca. And you know, because averaging what is <laughs> that too? That too. <laughs> uh, he's 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 on fire, but. Averaging, um, I mean, what is he averaging? Uh, we said it earlier. He's averaging almost twenty nine like thirty. He's he's basically twenty nine nine and nine, uh, pretty much. Uh, so it, it it's pretty incredible. Um, the other guys, a lot of people have Damian Lillard up here just because how he's kind of carried the Blazers uh, with a bunch of injuries, um, and then James Harden. You know, he's leading the league with like almost thirty five points a game. Like, Did you easily put him out there. I just crazy. Right. I just think with uh, we've, you know, I, I think with what Luca kind of, you know, in being in year two and, and having a, a Mavericks team that wasn't necessarily considered to be that great coming into the season up there, I think you could argue for him up there. But I think LeBron and Giannis are going to get 100% of the votes. So, well, I mean, you said it. I don't, I don't actually know how the percentage is going to go. I do, I do think that you are right in terms of Giannis is going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'd be interesting to see if it's, closer than everyone is saying very well could i think a lot media members me because when these vote these votes are all or these awards are all voted on by media members and inherently you are swayed by storylines and because that is what a media's you know media members job is to like paint the best picture for the people that are to get clicks to get to you know draw people into what they're talking about so i think there's no way they can completely disregard like what LeBron is doing at this stage in his career. So I think it'll be pretty close and it probably should. I mean, given the fact that Giannis won it last year 
And it's like, you know, yeah, he improved, but at the same time, you know, you, you got to really step it up to continue to win these awards because it is a hard thing to do back to back. It really is. It's impossible almost. Yeah. I, I did see a stat earlier today and we can finish on this. Um, I, I, everybody that has won back to back MVP awards mm-hmm. is or will be in the Hall of Fame. So if you, you know, obviously if he wins back to back, I think that that would continue that trend because ultimately I think, you know, barring any injury or, you know, horrific. Yeah, he's right. Um, I think ultimately he's going to end up having a Hall of Fame type career Definitely. Um, when it's all said and done. So I, I think that, uh, you know, either way it goes, I don't think you can go wrong either way. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, he's got to get him that first title too. I think that's huge. To, he's got a good opportunity. Uh, you know, he's not going to, this is a good opportunity for Giannis to get his first one. Well, I, the fourth, the, I, you know, I actually had a fourth, right? Like I had Zion as four. For MVP? I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, guys, we've got to look at this. I mean, it's they, like the, they, as, they went 10 and 9 in his 19 games. So he, that's you know, one game above 500. He's the most, most improved player. player, coach of the year. He coach was also year. like, you know, he, that four, it was four. He went four for four from three um, in his uh, this game one. In his game one, you know, maybe we should put him in the three point contest, you know. Yeah. There's, you, you make a lot of good arguments there. I mean, dude, at this point, I would not be surprised if he's on the MVP ballots going into next season. Like, predict, predict, already. Oh, my goodness, yes. And, 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 and like we've said before, it's going to be hilarious when he's not even in the play-in game, when the, if the Pelicans don't even make the playoffs or even – Dude, I'm telling you, game. yes. So. Or, no, like, the, the funniest thing to me, the funniest thing to me is, like, if there won't be a play-in game. Yeah. If the Grizzlies just like you know win th- their first four games and it's like over. Well, I feel like I, I feel like there's a scenario where that happens too because like when you get to like the sixth, seventh, and eighth game, you know it's all Eastern teams, mm-hmm. right? Which I think they did that on purpose too. <laughs> um, it's all Eastern teams, but it's all teams in like the top three or four in the mm-hmm. East, right? To where they like they play Boston, the Raptors, um, and then Milwaukee. and then Milwaukee, like dude. The eighth game, Milwaukee, they're not playing any of their starters past yeah. halftime. Like, dude, not really a doubt it. No, so. I think you're right. And I'm hoping for that. I'm hoping for that because the, the Pelicans definitely – the thing is the Pelicans are playing for – they're playing several of the teams like kind of in the bottom of the West, like the Spurs and Suns and stuff. So, Kings. if the if those teams have a good run, like maybe they're all fighting for the same thing, I think that could bode well um, for us. But, uh, but yeah, I think – you know, for, for a team that they've been talked about more than any team that's like in like 10th place of all time. So um, you don't have a lot of proven guys there either. So I don't know if we're, I don't know why everybody thinks that there's some type of like magical run in these guys. I mean, there's, it's like this team is, this team is made up of a bunch of young former Lakers that never did a, a damn thing in LA ever. I do like them, but they have never done anything. And, They've never uh, been to the playoffs, so that like what is, that, like what does a playoff run even right. mean? You've got yeah, you've got the same thing holidays. about the Grizzlies though, right? I mean, you like, say the same thing about the Grizzlies, but like yeah, but they're in the position already, so they're already there. I think the the team that's most scary is the is the is the Trailblazers, and that's a game that we play. The Grizzlies play them game one of the reopening and uh, of the official game starts, and uh, that's going to be tough. Like if we. And a couple – I think I was listening to, to Zach Lowe and uh, Jeff – or Stan Van Gundy talk about this on their, like, kind of bubble preview the other day. 
if if the if the Blazers win that first game, then you're gonna all there's gonna be there's gonna like for a young team like the Grizzlies, there's gonna be a tendency to slide from that point on because you already feel them breathing down your neck at that point, and yeah. that's everything that that's all the that people are gonna be talking about. So because that's really the only thing the eighth spot in the West is really the only thing that's up for grabs. So yeah. you're not like that's what everybody's going to be focusing on. So it's really important to come out and at least have a, a tight game with the Blazers and don't get run out of the gym. Cause if you get run out of the gym in game one against Portland, dude, the dogs are out. Like we're going <laughs> to, it's going to be a rough couple, couple games. For, well, it's for not good for the psyche either. Like mentally you're going to be out yeah. of it before you even start. Yeah. But it is cool that we will be kind of the Memphis will be part of the main storyline for the next couple of weeks. And it'll be cool to watch. I know I'm going to be, watching every game uh where it's the joys of working from home can't stop me got the tab open on the side can't stop won't stop nope but um but yeah let's uh we'll get this posted our kind of our preseason or i guess our early season awards or our pre pre-bubble awards and then um yeah we'll hopefully hopefully we'll uh we'll be chatting again soon yeah we'll uh the, the next time we'll chat we'll probably it'll be right when games are starting back so mm-hmm. we'll do it again Maybe a live uh, live reaction to the Blazers game. In game, the best kind. All right, all right. We'll uh, we'll see you. Peace, see you guys.